Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. So today we've got a letter from a listener in our Dear Culture Bites series, and we're going to read this letter and try and come up with uh, some advice for this listener on what they might be able to do with their situation. So I'll jump into the letter. Dear Culture Bites, I have a situation at my workplace where the manager I report into can become icy and distant when things don't go his way. I recently made a mistake on one of my pieces of work and where he, in the past, would make the effort to go over it with me and teach me new ways of doing things. He has become more short-tempered and clearly frustrated with it now. I've been in the role for less than three months. It's a new industry for me with a lot of technical jargon I am unfamiliar with. I am now quite concerned about making mistakes. I've raised it with him for discussion to talk about how we can communicate with each other, but he doesn't want to discuss this. Instead, he gets caught in the minutiae of the problems rather than how we can problem-solve together. It is getting to the point where I may need to escalate it to management because it's very uncomfortable in the office. People around me tell me that the management won't do anything because he's a big biller for the company and it's happened before, but they continue to ignore it and he has a history of short-lived support staff. I would like to continue with the company and have really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed the work up till now. How do I approach this so that we can come to a solution together rather than being singled out as a whistleblower or troublemaker? Ooh. So it's an interesting one. It is. A lot going on in that letter. There is. Actually, there's a lot going on. Yeah. As I'm listening to that, I'm thinking one of the things, you know, there was a couple of like moments of little red flags as I okay. was hearing the story, you know, and what occurs to me is in any given situation, one of the techniques for individuals is to take a step back and assess what are the facts of mm. this situation because when I listen to that story, I think there could be some interpretation going on that may not be the truth, mm. but it could be an emotional response to what you're observing. Mm. And so one of, you know, if, if uh, I was working with this client, the first thing I would start to do would be to get uh, clear on what are the facts. So the icy behavior. So when I talk about facts, it's about observing the behavior or the situation with just the observation, not the interpretation. So a mm. shift in the behavior is something you're noticing. Interpretation is it's icy. Right. Or that they're getting frustrated, they said, right? Yeah. And the frustration is linked to you. That is an, that's an assumption right. yeah. and an interpretation. So what, there's things that we, it's about articulating the things that we do know as fact so that we can realize there's a lot that we also don't know. And I wonder if, you know, speaking of stories, because they said, the other people have told them it's happened before and that he has a history of short-lived support staff. Yeah. So I wonder if that's kind of fueling the story as well, that people are in the air saying, oh, yeah, you know, this happened, that happened in the past. That was another red flag. So the story sometimes that you hear in businesses may also be other people's interpretation, mm -hmm. not necessarily related to fact. And so you have to be very mindful how you become influenced by those stories. The, the interesting thing about this for me, because... You know, at the same time, they could be right. Yes. You know, they could be correct, but we just don't know for sure. And that's kind yeah. of what you're saying. The interesting thing for me is they said that they, in the past, and remember, they've only been working here three months. So the past was a couple of weeks ago. 
Mm. Right? It wasn't that long ago that in the past he would make the effort to go over it with me and teach me new ways of doing things. Yeah. So yeah, I guess there's there's a difference between a systemic change in behavior, mm. like the really change and a kind of temporary thing going on. So there might be something going on for this manager. Yeah, it's a really maybe, good point. Maybe they're under all sorts of pressure above them to deliver something or whatever, and that could be driving why they're their frustration or yeah or, i mean in that in that example it suggests this individual has the capability to exactly um, to stop grow and grow their team um, listen so yes to take stock of this could be a moment in time and it could be something and this is where you would explore you know potential alternatives right so mm. there might be a shift in behavior but what else could be going on for the individual so looking at it from the other person's point of view too yeah yeah yep what's on their mind what might be bothering them which is all about yeah, sitting in different shoes and being agile enough to understand things from different perspectives. That's right. And because I think that one's interesting because, yeah, like obviously they are capable. They were doing that and now you've observed them stopping that. So yeah. it'd be interesting to understand why has that shifted. Now this person's kind of attributed it to perhaps that they're making mistakes and the managers become frustrated. Yeah. But it might be worth exploring that if that's truly yeah. the reason. And if I was coaching this individual, I might say, okay, so what don't we know? Mm. Or what might this person, what, what else might be could going be? on mm-hmm. with this person? What would what would the manager say about this situation? What would And just really start to kind of hold a mirror up to all the different angles that you could look at the situation so that you're broadening a perspective. Because what can happen when we start to get emotional and interpret and we start to believe that our interpretation is fact, we go down a bit of a spiral downward uh, you know particularly if we're interpreting things in a negative way and so you want to spiral back up into not being so certain about these two scenarios uh, being connected or the emotional response you're having is disconnected from the actual behavior so creating some space between those two things and and i think as well in these situations is there's two people in the story so there's the manager and there's also our letter writer and it may be that they've got to look at their own styles yeah. that are coming into this, right? So if they're making mistakes and you're in a new environment, it's going to happen. And I know like lots of people I know have switched jobs. They were like, they were a star at their old company, right? Because they knew it backwards and forwards. They'd been there for, you know, eight years or whatever, they were kicking goals constantly. And suddenly they're in a new environment and they're not that star anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because just naturally you you got to learn because new industry, new jargon, all that stuff. Yeah. And so they can become quite impatient with their own mistakes yeah. as well. So, you know, especially if you've got a bit, a little bit of perfectionistic or a little bit of approval or something like that, mm. or competitive or whatever, or even achievement. You know, let's face it, if you're higher on achievement and you don't feel like you're achieving, that can be frustrating as well. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, that's another thing. Whenever you're in a situation where there's tension, you've got to think about, okay, what did I bring to the equation? Mm. So. Is it possible that I could be doing something that might be influencing the behavior I'm seeing in others and trying to, try to look at that objectively? Or that it's influencing your interpretation of it because it yes. might be that this person's beating themselves up for making mistakes and then because of that it's coloring their view of any responses they get Yeah, because they're feeling guilty they or they're feeling hypercritical of themselves. Of yeah. themselves. So it's probably worth checking that as well. How, do you, how are you talking to yourself? Yeah, What are you saying to yourself around these mistakes? Agreed. So they're probably feeding, it could be feeding one another. Yeah. Right? What else? What else sticks out for you? 
I suppose, you know, if I'm thinking at an individual level, and if I were to be working with this client, if they were getting stuck in this, you know, spiral of feeling like they're in a, I guess because there's a feeling of a bit of being stuck in this position. Yes. So I would start to get the individual to articulate, okay, so what's important to you? Because usually underneath the frustration or the anxiety that you're feeling is an unmet need of some description. And so getting to the core of what's important to you in a workplace, what does good look like, what do you want the relationship to look like? So mm. articulating the the future state. So at the moment, you know, acknowledge that what you're hearing is I feel what I'm hearing in this letter is I'm feeling a bit anxious and uncomfortable. Oh. Oh. So, you know, what do you want it to look like? And so get the individual to articulate that because you can kind of work more with that versus where you are. So I'm hazarding a guess that if this person has brought an issue to the table, bringing an issue can sometimes create threat, but bringing something that you want in terms of a goal, what do we want to work towards, might achieve a better outcome. So rather than the burning platform, it's the burning ambition. ambition. Yeah. yeah, which kind of leads me to like, but that the first thing you is got to get clear on that. So you're not getting stuck in a problem, but uh, you want to get focused on the destination. Yeah, where yeah. you want to go. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, we all get kind of problem fixated, or whatever, right? Because that's, I guess, it's the juicy part of it to some extent, and we also like to have a moan sometimes. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, <laughs> um, we all do. We all do. I'm not saying our listener is doing that, but so it's it's kind of raising your gaze from the problem to the potential, you know, destination. Yeah, it just feels, and it feels better, you know, to, it's not about ignoring how you're feeling, but it's, when I say spiral down versus spiral up, it's sort of, it allows you to work from a different place because if we have the tendency, and I'm reading into this, but to spiral down and feel that there's a problem that can't be fixed or is really difficult. It leaves us feeling a little bit helpless. And so in order to shift the energy and re-energize, you want to get people to focus on what could be. And that probably goes into, they said they've tried to talk to their manager, but they don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to discuss it. And so maybe it's how you're approaching it, right? So there's Potentially. this problem between you and me, and I want yes. to sit down and discuss it, Liana. It's kind of different from, you know, being, hey, I want, I want us to have this really productive relationship relationship or you know like it's a positive way of bringing in and so it lowers people's shields a bit that was my next point which was um wonderful term that i heard in a in an audible book actually Uh called how to have a good day by carolyn webb she talks about setting a collaborative intention and i think that's a brilliant concept so in order to set that intention you first need to know what the good is that you're shooting for that you know after creating that breathing breathing space i might you know, work with this client to approach the conversation with a collaborative intent. And so in this, it might be something like, I'm really committed to us having a great working relationship and I want to grow in working with you, whatever it might be. But the intention is about the two of you and where you want to go. So just like you said, instead of starting with a problem that needs to be solved, start with your commitment towards what good would look like for the two of you. Uh Uh-huh. The other one I'd touch on here as well is talking about mistakes and questions and so on. And of course, you know, when you're new at something or any time for that matter, it's okay to make mistakes, but you got to learn from mistakes too, mm. right? So it's taking a, bit of, it. taking a bit of ownership of that as well, which is mistakes are fine, but you can't keep making the same one over and over. Yeah. So I don't know if that is the 
what this case is about, but you know, possibly it's about learning and growing, but you've got to do the learning and growing part. You can't just keep making mistakes, you know? And so there could be a reflection of ownership. You know, if you've, if you've been through this before and it is the same mistakes coming up, then what are you doing to address that? Yeah. And how are you fixing that? Great coaching point, you know? So, you know, is this, if this is happening frequently, what do you think is getting in the way of you doing it successfully? Yeah. Improving or yeah, yeah. And so, what techniques could we think about putting in place for you uh-huh. to? And then that's something that you could take, you know, in a proactive sense, if you like, to your manager and say, you know, I've reflected on this mistake. I understand the implication that it makes for our business, and this is what I'm going to work towards to directify it in future. Absolutely, and you know, like three months in. Let's be honest, you know. You don't know what you're doing, probably, right? I mean, I yeah. know any job you start is a big learning curve for that first, first probably six months or more. Yeah. And so, you know, that relates back to not beating yourself up too much and so on. But mistakes are going to happen. I think within that time, it's still fine to ask questions and stuff. And I think actually most managers are happy to see people asking lots of questions because it actually means you're trying to learn. Yeah. Right. It's more dangerous as the person who's silent because they're not really engaging and actually improving. They're, you know, trying to... Yeah, and you don't know. They're trying to lay low. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a, you know, it takes a bit of guts, but there's a lot of power and vulnerability and permission giving by someone taking ownership Uh. and taking responsibility. And it's pretty, it would be pretty difficult for someone on the receiving end to not respond favorably to, you know, just owning up to my mistake and what I'm planning to do about it. You'd be hard pressed, right, to still, you know, turn a blind eye to that. Yes, admission. Uh, ownership's a massive thing, right? I think it's funny because we all try and point the finger elsewhere, right, or move the spotlight off us, and that's a natural thing. It's a, yeah. it's a defense. It's yeah. keeping ourselves secure. But there's something really powerful when someone just owns, owns it. Yeah, own it unapologetically too, with no conditions attached to it. Exactly. Not a, it's not a, I own it, but it's a just. Yeah, you know what? yeah, yeah. This is the state of affairs, and it's hard to do, but uh, it is powerful if you can do that. People respect it more. Yeah. So yeah, so who knows? But I think what's interesting about this as well is that they want to come to a solution, and so and they don't want to be seen as a whistleblower and so on. And uh, you know, I'd say you you haven't been there that long, so. Part of my advice would be wait a little bit longer yeah. to test out some of these theories before you start going to management or HR or whoever it is. Yeah. Because I think you've got to, you know, give people a chance to you know, even it out or whatever. So Definitely. You know, and go back to what are you, what's the relationship you want. And, you know, although I'm not talking people out of whistleblowing, but if you're whistleblowing within three months of staying in the job, I I think you're probably better off trying to find a different manager to work for. Yeah. If it's truly that bad, because it's not necessarily, that's not going to necessarily solve it, right? I think a better solution is having that conversation with them rather than getting management involved. Yeah, I would agree. It can make things sometimes a lot worse if you... (laughs) That soon, right? If it's a thing that, you know, if you were working for someone for years or something and like that's just never changes, that's just what it is and how they behave constantly. Mm. Yeah. You know, or they do something that's really across the line, and yeah, you know, you got to raise that. Yeah. But if it's just like they're they're grumpy and frustrated for a week or two, and I think I think, think you got to like pump your brakes on that one a bit. Yeah, and and thinking, you know, what would be important to me if if someone was experiencing this behaviour in me, would I prefer a bit of a heads up? You know, a bit of a conversation first, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. 
rather than the nuclear button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, bam, hit the button. Yeah. Go all Non-desirable. <laughs> cool. So what are we telling this person, Liana? In summary? Yeah, in summary. So assess the facts of the situation. Try to put some space between the emotion you're feeling and mm-hmm. how you're interpreting. So be clear about what you know and what you don't know. I think we also talked about getting different perspectives, so understanding it from other people's shoes. And what's going on for the manager. Empathising with us. Because it could be a situation we don't know. Yeah. Knowing yourself, how you show up. So thinking, you know, am I hypercritical? Might I be paying attention to things that aren't really there? And then it's really about moving forward, assessing what's important to you, what good would look like, so that you can then set a collaborative intention if you choose to have the conversation again, give it a second crack with um, a different lens on it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think we also we touched on growing from mistakes as well. So yes. if you are making the same mistake, making mistakes own is it. fine, but you've got to own it and you've got to develop, right? Yeah. So making mistakes is fine if we learn and grow from them. Yeah, be brave. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good note to end it on. So for this listener, let us know how you get on. We'd love an update. So hopefully this helped. Uh, let us know. Thanks for your time today, Liana. Thanks, Tom.